0: America, my name is I'm Yosef Fernpong. I come to you live every Thursday. I'm going to try to do more candidate interviews because I can, I find candidates fascinating. And so I brought you a real live one today, a man by the name of uh, Danaid Ahmed, and he's running in Illinois. eighth district. That's a little bit north of, of Chicago. We're going to feel him out. So I do these candidate interviews so that you can see me interview them and so that you know how to talk to candidates in a way that, well, I think, you know, uh, secure justice for people in these United States. And I like federal candidates because you have a lot of power as a Congressperson. even if you can't get your legislation passed, apparently when Congress people call radio stations, they get put on the air. So you have a lot of power just with the microphone as a Congressperson. So we're going to talk to, uh, candidate Ahmed and we're going to see why we should or shouldn't vote for him. But, uh, so say hello to the people. Hello
1: everyone. Thank yeah. you, Rami.
0: Thank you. All right. So, uh I'm going to assume that you've been responsible a responsible young candidate. You filled out all of your paperwork. You have gotten the required signatures. You have a team required uh <coughs> excuse me to run this campaign and then you sent a tastefully worded email to the uh uh to the opposing candidate requesting a debate and the opposing candidate has responded. Um uh in a timely fashion with uh debate times and you guys have a debate and so the people can hear the ideas right <laughs> excuse me so have you done all of that work so we have
2: uh we have uh, filed all the paperwork we have filed yes. the signatures uh we, we needed about 400 uh we collected uh, almost in the ballpark of 2500 more than, about six times more than what's needed because <laughs> you know um we just want to be uh sure and we have a very strong grassroots movement so we've done with that um we have um, uh, no we are expecting we're hoping for for a debate with the candidate uh, we don't have the times and anything yet but we should hopefully get something in time
0: good so have you contacted the krishna murphy campaign
2: uh directly for 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 requesting a debate not yet
0: all right uh, so that get on that right because okay. there's a thing with democratic incumbents they don't like to debate would you believe would you believe they are in the business of ducking debates? And I have a problem with that as a citizen who cares about what the people think. (coughs) I want to see you on stage next to Krista Murphy fielding questions from someone like me and then fielding questions from each other. And that way the citizens get to decide who they want. But would you believe i know it's hard to imagine that some people in our democratic party uh do not do not cotton to that idea they do not want the candidates to debate each other even if it could be good for the people to make an informed decision so i will tell you right now i believe in forcing the debate i think that every congressional candidate should sit for at least three debates so do i have a commitment from you on to all the people who watch me on youtube that if requested you would sit for at least three debates with a candidate if you get elected on through your entire tenure every election cycle you would sit for at least three debates would love to you would love to you would not be one of these people who would dodge debates
1: nope i am for the people i'm standing for the people i've been fighting for the people i've been activist for the people there is no way i'm going to dodge a debate i'd love to get on debate uh, immediately if raja krishnamurti accepts it
0: good good and that's his job if he doesn't want to do it I actually think he should not get the job I think that that should be an issue I think that I think forcing the debate should be an issue for the Democratic Party and in Congress in general look the uh the president has to from time to time give a state of the Union that's in there it's in the Constitution I think that congressional candidates should be mandated almost like a subpoena to have to sit for debates because especially in safe districts they are not it's not in the primary policy in the democratic party and it's not national policy that they have to sit and i think that's a it's a degradation of the citizens so like if we're going to be serious about uh democratic governance i'm going to need you um on the same stage as the incumbent right so what have been some of the challenges to running as a non-incumbent in your district
2: See, first, first and foremost, I'll, I'll start with this. When we when we got into this race, you know, what what is the first thing that you would want, right? You would want to look at your voter data and yeah. and uh, because that's who you're willing to, you know, so you're, you're
1: standing to represent. Yeah. Guess what? When we what reached out to the to the to the party, uh the response we got was sorry we cannot share that data I was like I was shocked I was shocked maybe well it's because money. you're not running
0: as a Democrat right are you running as a Democrat
2: I am running as a Democrat what
0: do you believe I'm
2: him in the primary
0: you are running as a Democrat so you sent a tastefully worded email to your party of which you are a member uh requesting data yes and do they know that you're a candidate Ah,
2: yes, they they know I'm the candidate, but their response was, sorry, we cannot give uh, the data to a challenger, to an incumbent. And I was like, look, look, and Arami, I think this is very important for you to know. So why, why the hell am I running this race, right? <laughs> uh, I, I was a supporter. I was a supporter of Raja Krishnamurti when he ran the first time in 2016 when he won. Right. I you know, but you know, I I I was have always been an activist fighting for social justice, fighting for Medicare for all, fighting for all the good things, right? And and especially 2013, 2014, when when we were talking about, you know, uh, why why you know I had questions in my mind. I traveled quite a bit for work and I realized that we are the only developed nation on the planet that does does not give healthcare as a basic human right the college education debt when i was you know talking to this is an interesting story maybe too early but I'll, I'll share this with you i was talking to a young young man about 24 25 23 maybe who was at work in germany and i was trying to understand what does his student debt look like right i mean for us once you're out of college the first thing you deal with is student debt And it took me a minute or two to get the question through to him. And then I started questioning all of these things as to why do we have to deal with all these things? And fast forward to 2015, I hear this senator from Vermont talking about all these good things. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to support this man. And I was I was a volunteer in his campaign. And then at the same time, Krishna Munti popped onto the screen. I mean, he had run before multiple times. I have been supporting him. I like the guy at the time. I still do. But,
0: yeah. um, uh, you know,
2: I, I like the guy. And I was like, you know what? He's standing up for all the right things. But fast forward a couple of years to your point, he started dodging questions. He stopped having town hall meetings. And then pandemic came, he used pandemic as an uh, as an excuse. Now he's starting to have those um, uh, town hall meetings because now he's a challenger I'm calling him out for all those good things. So my point here is I was a supporter for Raja Krishnamurti huh. in 2016. I was a democratic volunteer, I was working for the party to elect the right candidates. Right. And then when I wanted to start, they refused to give the data to me.
0: Right, so the party's playing favorites, right? So the party should be supporting Democrats and they should be supporting the democratic process, right? The idea that the party's playing favorites is not exactly, it, That's you have to watch out, right? So you don't want the party elite to become a faction over and above and different from the voters because then they use the elections as a we as a means to legitimize their their power but the elections were always kind of false to begin with and when i when i talk to this with regular people I, I say that uh you know Saddam Hussein won elections too i remember 2002 he killed his election he won i think he got like 99% so the election itself is like the vote's not magic you need all of these other conditions you need it to be contested right if you put a, a ballot box all over russia right now i bet you putin would win right that doesn't mean it would be a contested election an honest and like actually worthwhile election so for it to be a worthwhile election the party can't play favorites right it has to give you the data and then you and Krishna murthy make your campaign and and you know go on radio and you and you have your debates um and then we decide if any of that falls then it's not a real election; it's a sham election that's kind of masquerading an election. So, like I, I, you know, we have all of these nice left policies, like I like a federal job guarantee. I believe in reparations for Black people, and um, you know, healthcare. You have all of these nice left policies, but if you don't have the right processes, all of these policies will get killed. And we like to think that we can get the policies without the processes, but that's just not the case. So it's actually it's very important to me. I mean one of the reasons i reached out to you is because i need you to have the opportunity to have a fair fight in this election thank you yeah so what's it going to take for you to get a fair fight in this election what what do you need to have a, a real contested election
1: see there
2: are a few things we okay. need the media coverage right okay. I mean, it's the name recognition i've been an activist if you talk within the activist community my name is out and about but election goes beyond the activist community. I need means to reach out to the voters, get in front of the voters. The best way is the media. And the media, obviously, uh, I don't need to tell you that, they play favorites. They do not give the equal time that is needed to the the challengers, to an incumbent. We're not getting that at this point. But guess what? We are working at the grassroots level. They have their own uh, ways of blocking us. We have our own ways of breaking those barriers. We are using the grassroots to do just that.
0: That's great, but I also need, like, you know, W. Uh, G, uh, what's that? You know, the the local NPR station, and then the local Fox. WBZ. WBZ, Like, yeah. do they just not return your calls to co- when you want to come in and be interviewed by the locals? Or um,
2: we we've we have sent out over PRs to quite a few uh, in the last. We have started sending it out. Uh, the response has been all right. I mean, uh, I, I'd like to see uh we're gonna do more of that to be very honest our focus is primarily on building our grassroots working to the okay. people now we are going to put a lot more emphasis on on the media and, and we'll see how the reaction looks like
0: I will say that uh it's funny because I often get it's easier to get on conservative outlets than it is to get on progressive <laughs> ones in a really ridiculous way like I've been canceled many times I'm supposed to go on the, the the local NPR station and then I get booked and then like a day before I always get canceled because someone gets scared. But like I've been on the Fox one a few times, the local Fox station, and they never canceled me. They're not as scared. So there's a way in which it's easier to get on the local conservative outlet than it is the, the neutral outlet or whatever. And that's, you know, that's a problem we have to ask for because the neutral outlet's scared about, um, you know, getting on the bad side of the party. Right. So you have all of these media figures who are um, who have a vested interest in maintaining access and they're scared of getting punished if they open up access. Right. And that's a problem. And we need to kind of we need to either we need to both make an alternative media ecosystem, which, you know, I can be part of here. But also we need to actually get the, the mainstream media to do their job like Chicago tonight should have you on. And there's no reason why Chicago tonight shouldn't have you on. Um, Agreed. Lynn Sweet should be interviewing you, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate the words, everything that you're saying,
0: 100%. All right, so if you, um, if you got on Chicago tonight and it wasn't just you talking to me, let's talk jobs, right? Can you be free in the United States if you don't have access to a good job?
1: see
2: I, I like i said i I have traveled so much for work, wow. and I'll use a couple examples, especially in the Nordic countries, right everybody seems to be very happy with their lives. a lot of people like they don't they don't go through the stressful situation that we go through as a nation in America. everybody's stressed for various reasons, but job, their work, the pressure from the boss boss that that pressure that uh, you know the stress is is so huge within our community that that needs to be addressed. We need to figure out a way how we can have a nation that is a little bit less stressful, uh, that is a little bit more happier. When you're talking about people, I mean, what this pandemic has taught us is 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 just working remote. Let's just take one as an example, right? I mean. For, for me to go to a client site, come back an hour, hour and a half, hour 15 each way, now I'm saving those two hours, simple things of working remotely. Now, I'm not suggesting every work what you can do it. My phys- sister is a physician. She can't work remote. But wherever there are opportunities can be built on that.
0: Uh, yeah. where
2: are, are, as, as a nation, are we doing everything? uh to to build that job infrastructure right uh my 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 background is 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 high tech around me and one thing i've done successfully in my very small limited capacity in my small business of technology is we were able to train people and get them good paying jobs, amazingly good paying jobs. And these people did not have any background in the technology. Now, I'm not saying technology is the only way. Healthcare is gonna fall the exact same way. Plumbers are gonna fall the exact same bucket. You name the technology, but because I am from that area, I'm kind of highlighting that as an example. When I could do it for tens of people over the last one decade, why can this nation not train the, the 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 less you know uh people have less access to these jobs why can't we just get give me 10 people who are willing to put in the time i guarantee you more, 9 out of 10 if not 10 out of 10 i'll find them good healthy well-paying jobs as well, a nation
0: we must do this well i'm a little bit suspicious of the job training kind of farce because what happens is that ends up <clears throat> excuse me that ends up off uh offloading a lot of risk onto the person mm-hmm. right without any guarantee of reward. <clears throat> so if there were a partnership you know maybe mediated <clears throat> excuse me through the government through the government about this so that it wasn't just the employee or potential employee taking on the risk and um, eating the risk and there was some sort of like you go through this program you will get a job at the end then it's something I could I could believe in. but right now there are a lot of these job training programs that are scams. Right. Okay. And so like you're you're training people, you're accept you're asking them for money to take on the time to train them for a job that may exist on the conditions that possibly could exist. Whereas I think I'm pretty sure that you can't be politically free unless you're economically stable. So we need to just guarantee people a job. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Rami, I agree.
2: The yeah. when when I said Your people may not, if they do not have the skill set, train them and then find them a job.
0: Right, right, right. We would train them and then find them a job. And then there used to be a thing in the United States, I hear tell, called on-the-job training, where you actually got paid while you trained, which is, I think, a healthier way to do that. I mean, we could do it through technical schools, but we could... So when we remade the economy with a great deal and the FOB subsidies and all that, we opened up um the economy to subsidizing employers and owners but we could talk about payroll subsidies in a way that could be helpful for small businesses so that the small businesses would only have to pay like five or six dollars an hour but the employee would be subsidized through a government program for like up to 25 dollars an hour and so like businesses would get the employees they need the employees would get the training they need and without breaking the the industry's uh budget and I, you know, I, I think I'd like to open up the conversation about payroll subsidies because that's what they had for the pandemic in Europe, right? There are a lot of payroll subsidies that that we just didn't have here. Yeah.
2: No, uh, that's 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 a that's a that's a great concept. I love it. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I kind of research a bit more. But in theory, in essence, what I just heard from you,
0: right. look,
1: we give billions of dollars to the top one, top two percent just right. to fill them out. If, if, if a fraction of that is used
2: to pay the bottom 5%, 6%, 3%, 10%, whatever that number is, and those subsidies completely change the landscape of the landscape of this nation, I'm all for it. Love it.
0: Yeah. 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 So like we just, we still, we get the, they get their workers, the work we make sure the workers get paid and like everyone, I think everyone wins, except there isn't as much discretionary income for like yachts right so um uh instead people are making real wages for working in the same private industries that they were working before so um so what what's your strategy what's the strategy going forward for you
1: the strategy to win this race
0: win this race and then govern in a way that moves us towards justice
2: absolutely first and foremost um i have been an activist uh, just about all my other life so now we're changing that activism for representation. So mm-hmm. what that that has an intrinsic, uh, you know, a deep rooted value for us, wherein we are looking at people, the grassroots, the people on the ground uh, for support, we're not looking at corporations. Every dollar that we have raised so far, we have taken zero dollars from corporations. And the issue that I have with the corporations around me is that, look, it's it's look, I, I, I own a small business. I get it. The, at the end of the day their goal is to maximize the shareholder profit that's job. their job their goal is not to help me as united mad who is standing up for the right things to come out and support me right. as much as whatever they may tell me i know their their goal is to ex, you know extend their shareholder value i respect that right. that's why i do not want their money I, I do not want the incumbent to take their money and that's the fundamental issue we have with them so our right. strategy is that we're saying no to the corporate pack money we are saying yes to people and we are standing with the people talking to the people and we are out and about and we need to talk to enough people that will support us come out and vote for us that's our strategy to win once we get into the office our strategy to govern is take you know when, when we are negotiating these things i talk about a lot about very dear to my heart is medicare for all right i want i want i want a a discussion on the table where the healthcare industry is not on the table. Pharmaceutical co- corporations are not on the table. One, as an incumbent, my incumbent, uh, Raja Krishnamurti has taken about two million dollars in the last last five years that he has been the office for corporations. How can he how can he claim that he's fighting for me? So my fundamental philosophy there would be stand up for the people, do what is right for the people and then people who are not going to do what is right for the people, I'm going to start talking to them, start negotiating with them. And then if they do not listen, call them out that, hey, are you representing people in your district? Or are you representing corporate A, corporate B, corporate C?
0: Right. So there is going to be a qualitative difference between corporate marketing and a citizen speech. And Wendy Brown does actually a really nice uh, distinction in her book, Uh, Undoing the Demos. And she says, like, look, like you said, it's the business's job to create shareholder profits. You can't I mean that's appropriate for their role as, um, you know, corporate officials. But that's going. That's when they speak. It's not with the same concern as citizens. It's marketing. Like they have a private interest. Whereas citizens, if they do their job, are supposed to be like laying down laws for the whole, not for their private interest, right? So we have to make a distinction between the speech of of corporations, which is speech. Uh, but it also, it's marketing versus the political speech that only citizens can make because they have a quality of political judgment that they're in a social position to have, right? So we, it's fine for corporations to market. Just don't confuse that with political speech. Yes, right? sir. And that's going to be, I think, an interesting distinction that 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 we could see more of because, yeah, they they have they have an end which is different than a citizens end. the citizens trying to govern for the whole and the corporations trying to secure shareholder profit which is their job that's fine don't let that screw up the governance structure of our nation um yeah and you know we could do better about making that that distinction right well, so I you're agree. an independent business owner right did i hear yes, you say sir. that yes sir. right so that's one thing that's really bothered me about congressional races in general is that they seem to only be available to people who are independent business owners and um or those who are like like generationally wealthy, right? So I mean, that's a problem insofar as ninety five percent of the American like people work for somebody else, right? So pretty much running a congressional campaign is a full- time or like it's a three quarter time job,
2: yeah absolutely and i can i can vouch for it <laughs> this is, so this that's is a whole thing. thing. yeah
0: so you can't so we need some sort of structure so that people who have a boss can also run for office
2: yes absolutely
0: and so what would that entail because like right now you have the flexibility as a business owner to like do the two jobs but if you worked a nine to five you would be functionally it'd be functionally unable to run for congress which is a problem for our democracy Big problem for our
2: democracy, even even in my case, right? I have a small business around me. We're not walking away from my business, I'm losing money every day. <laughs> yes, I do not. You know, so to say, I may not have a nine to five job, but I'm still losing, feeling the same pinch that someone with a nine to five job would do. I don't have one boss. I have five or six or seven bosses in my clients. Yes. Right. Go so ahead. it's it's I think in my case, it's equally difficult, if not more. But to your point, I cannot agree with you more that we need a process in place. We need a system in place that any citizen who wants to represent the people should be able to, must be able to take on that uh, responsibility, stand up and be able to run a fair race. And and I, I cannot agree with you more.
0: So either we need to shorten the campaign season by law. Yes, sir. That might work. Shorten the campaign season by law, or we need to subsidize candidates. As soon as you become a candidate, like you, you there's some sort of subsidy, and then we want to we want to subsidize people who to even go in if they lose, right? So, like now, like you can get your clients back if you lose your your lose this position. But the question for the person who works a job is that job going to be available for them after the end of the campaign? So we need to think about making the campaign process such that it's not so economically destabilizing.
2: Absolutely, and and I can't agree with you more. Uh, Varian, you say that if somebody uh, you know, uh, working, they need some sort of a guarantee that six months later, they're gonna be able to come back to their job once wait, they have that time commitment uh, be done with. Secondly, um, in, in terms of, you know, you're talking about some sort of, um, you know, publicly funded system being in place, I think uh, it's some sort of a subsidy, some sort of a, a, a income that is coming to that individual. I, I, I'm for it. One thing we want to be, you know, as we draw out these new policies around me, I think one thing we need to pay attention to is that someone, uh, uh, you know, a, a general citizen like me wants to stand up and run right and going against someone who has a media cnn msnbc you name it for the last so many five six years then there's a huge disparity of name recognition when we put that put out a new system in place wherein we may be taking care of the financial needs of that individual of the candidate we also need to make sure that new system kind of takes into account that 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 the disparity in the name recognition, where people will hear the message from both candidates, as long as it has that, that the latter part of it as well, I think that's what we need uh, mm-hmm. uh, for, for our you uh, uh, know electorate system. What, what's happening today? And I, this is no news for you, no news for our audience. We have mm-hmm. we are you know especially in my district, the the uh, incumbent I'm going against Rajya Krishnamurti, I'm sure he must have come with good intention. I'm sure at the time I mm-hmm. loved the guy and loved what he had to say but then immediately after he got into office he started he needed to think about his next and next election, money you know i'm not going to speak for him but there was a lot of money he has a vortus now of almost 12 million dollars his full-time job is to not represent people his (laughs) full-time job is to raise money That includes $2 million from corporate PACs. So when you have someone who's constantly worried about his next election and the next election and the more money and the more money, and maybe, who knows what his dream is, maybe his dream is to buy that Senate seat, make that 15 million and go buy that Senate seat. Is that what it is? I I don't know. All I know is in the last five years in office, almost six years coming, he has done absolutely nothing for the people of the district he has spent just about full time of his money raising money and,
0: and has he been, had a primary challenger think the
2: fundamental issue there one of the key issues there is mm-hmm. the amount of time he spends on fundraising you take that dynamic out to coming back to your point that solves a lot of problems mm-hmm. not just in my district but across the nation
0: right. so has he had a primary challenger in these last 6 years
2: uh so 2016 he won for the first time 2018 mm-hmm. he had no primary challenger 2020 he had uh, two people but Neither one of them had a campaign team. It was a more of a run to make a statement.
0: Right. So you have to. Uh, so that's actually a, a good thing that I haven't talked about with other candidates. Running a campaign is actually it's 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 in a way running a small business. So you need people with technical expertise around you, right? So and. If you don't watch out, the Democratic Party will put you on a list so that none of the people with technical expertise will want to work for you. So you're running it like you run into an expertise gap, uh, just trying to get talent, recruiting talent. So there needs to be some sort of pooling at the party level of, you know, political, technical experts so that every person doesn't have to train everybody on all the tech. Like every candidate doesn't have to train on like every person like and every asp- technical aspect of running the campaign because modern campaigns require like someone to set up your web page someone to set up your fundraising someone to set up the media appearances someone to set up like it requires people with technical skills and differentiated technical skills Absolutely. and yeah and if all of those people are scared to work for you because like they don't want to get on the other side of the party that's that's a problem for like our democracy.
1: Rami, I mean, I was kind of, you know, appreciating every word that you were uttering here, because I've experienced exactly just that uh, when when we, um,
2: you know, I was thinking, you know, me, me, a simple, uh, you know, guy was who, who had a nine to five job for for a decade and, and then right. started a business for the next decade. For for someone simple like me, I was like, hey, I'm going to offer someone, uh, you know, uh, some sort of a business opportunity. They're going to take, take it. It's going to be simple. And I was shocked when I started this. I was beyond shocked. When I reached out to a couple of firms who specialize in the, in the, in the political front realm, they just declined to work with us. They, <laughs> they just declined. And to me, that was the first time, right? And, <laughs> and uh, for me, a simple activist guy who wants good for the people, I was
0: like, what the,
2: what is going on here?
0: And, and every your way, way, like, air? every
1: word you were saying, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, no, so you're offering a fair like market wage and market like, and they don't want to take your money because they're scared of getting alienated from you know Obama's Chicago Democrats, right? So
1: yes. Yes. That's around, like, let me add something to it.
0: What's up? You're
1: talking about at the
2: at the at the higher company level and the technical expertise, right? Huh. And that I experienced as soon as we launched the campaign. And we've been constantly you know experiencing that. And let me tell you what happened fairly recently. These are ground level people around me, and I'm using your platform to get this word out. And hope I hope the people across this nation hear this. People at the canvassing level, right? People who were strong supporters of me, and now when I offered them a job, one of the state senators told them that if you work for Janaid against Raja Krishnamurti, you have no political career in the state of Illinois. Um, I'm not sure if I'm quoting exactly, but, but that's yeah. what they were told. And they they were like, Janaid, I love you. I will continue to volunteer for you, but I cannot accept the job because of this, this, and this. And and to me, you know what we are here to show, Rami? People like you and I are going to come together. We're going to show to the, the establishment that people have a voice. And we will win just by the support of the people. But everything that you're saying is so accurate,
1: 100%
0: so i mean you're in a safety demo uh safety district so your problems with the political pro- uh, process are problems with the democratic party
2: yes sir it is disappointing it is very disappointing when democratic as you know party is working like uh republicans and 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 that's that is a, is a major issue and, and to be very honest i'm a little bit disappointed but i tell you what on one front i am seeing all of this pushback on the on the other front i am seeing people who are standing up and who are saying that we agree with what you're standing for we may not be able to come out and open and i respect that but they're yeah. supporting me and, yeah. and i think that's where uh, you know I, I just appreciate their situation and then we have to move on but but uh, i am overwhelmed by the love and support that we're getting. On one side, we're getting some pushback, but the love and support that we're getting is so much more, so much more that it overrides anything else that we're getting in this race.
0: Well, I am worried that, uh, so I'm worried about a few things, right? So it seems like we need to build an alternative campaign like production infrastructure, right? So we need technical experts who can handle all aspects of the campaign. And they're very, they're like if running a campaign is like congressional campaign. You, you need technical expertise. There are different jobs. One person can't do everything. Not only is there just so much to do, but like it takes experts in all the different facets. Um, and you need an infrastructure that trains and develops and sustains these people in off years that's not affiliated with the company democratic party um so like they need so this is why i'm i'm you need like a social infrastructure like a dsa or um you know a, a, like a a more robust progressive campaign infrastructure have you thought about there are some older people who who won in chicago and i don't know about tapping into their campaign infrastructure there are some progressive i want i can't think of names right now don washington's on this chat right now don you can go ahead and say something if you're still watching um who who won in chicago who may actually yeah there there are some people with training who who are not scared to fight for progressives in the chicago area they're are just not enough of them they're not a critical mass of them so it leaves candidates like you out in the cold in a way that's like we need to think about what it means to actually produce and generate more campaign left operatives. Yeah,
2: no, um, I, I'm I'm, for it if, if we are able to put some sort of a structure in place. But in the meantime, Arami, if you can uh, think of some names, please uh, reach out to me here <laughs> offline. We'd love to connect because you know how much we're going to need that
1: support.
0: Yeah, you need support and you need expertise, right? Yes. So and like this is this is kind of the social infrastructure that would support progressive campaigns. Now, have you talked to organized labor?
2: Uh, we have uh, we have to, uh, talk to organized labor. Uh, here's the thing: uh, I have been participating in in union strikes, and I've been standing up for that. Not today, for a very very yeah. long time. So we have those connections. Uh, at the same time, because the incumbent is also a Democrat, and you know on the record he he has a certain things that he uh, uh, he does, which is not uh, totally against what the union you know the uh, labor asks for um that's a conversation that is in process uh we haven't made some strong indoors just yet
0: right so but for that to happen for that to be real the union would have to host a forum where both you and Krishnamurthy are on the same stage and you field questions from either rank and file members or even the elected representatives of the union and because you don't want uh this endorsement to go through back channels you want it to be a public process as much as everything to be a public process and that would help be good for the union and be good for just campaigns in general and uh, i do worry that that the party apparatus and the union apparatus at the upper levels are working together in a way that alienates the people and the rank and file of, of the membership and that's not good for democracy it's not good for your campaign but mostly it's not good for democracy and there's a there's a common common trend here right around
2: corporations or or individuals with technical expertise don't want to support you because they want to don't want to be
1: the bad books you have individuals who don't want to be in the bad books now you have all of us who don't want to be in the bad books so it's it's a common threat there Um, yeah
0: so we need to get rid of the power of the bad book right so like like when that's something that's engineered yes uh, you should be able to work for a candidate who like you know you want to work for without threatening your after work Without yes, it threatening so. your your mortgage, right? And that's yeah. literally, you know, make no mistake. I would spend a decade in Chicago. That's what your state senator was telling the 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 political operatives. Like you work for Janaid, like you won't get a job if, in future Democratic politics. And that's a huge problem. Yes. Um, and that's a huge problem for like you know for our democracy, and right. and that's an interparty problem. So the problem is going to be Democrats. So I'm very interested if and when and how uh, Representative Christian Murthy decides not to sit, share a stage with you because that's going to be a problem for democracy that, that we need to actually address because you need to be on the same stage, you need to force the debate and you need to like actually be handing, uh, you need to be fielding questions from him and then asking questions of him and then let the people decide and if that's not the case and we don't we have a sham democracy not a real democracy in,
2: in this race i am really hoping that there will be a debate because in 2020 oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah i and raja Krishnamurthy, um, um because in 2020 uh raja did debate the other uh, two candidates
2: um hmm. it was but again keep in mind those were you know it just Candidates who did not campaign teams and everything. But let's see, let's see what comes about. Uh to your other point, earlier point, Arami, about about the statement of if you work for Janate, you won't get a job. You know, I have to, I have to call out the, the people who are actually coming out in support, who are oh, not sure. caring for this. And and we're, what we are hearing is that's not true. What that statement of you won't get a job is not going to be true especially if uh, you know if following chicago politics uh at the indictment of um uh, madigan fairly recently we're hoping we're hoping this is a catalyst for change and we're hoping we're part of that catalyst for change in in this in this uh in the chicago area um, uh, politics as well as nationwide and i am seeing a lot more a lot more positives coming out, people stepping up to support us. Um, so yes, there are negatives, but I, I I cannot, but appreciate the positives that are coming out from individuals as well as a lot of elected officials. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, we got to get you on radio. We got to get you on Chicago tonight. We got to get, you have to, you have to be able to make your message and that costs, right? So by the way, if you like anything Junaid's saying, go ahead and go to your website, I assume is your name or what what's, what's your website?
2: Junaid, uh, for congress.com. it's j-u-n-a-i-d for congress.com and and uh you know if you're living anywhere else in the nation other than chicago area please uh, we need your help for phone banking text banking a little bit of contributions here and there obviously and if you live in the chicago area we need you physically here and you know two hours three hours whatever you can do a week uh that would be huge i think for the for the movement to pro- progress and and be successful at it it's going to have to be the grassroots and that's that's one ask i would have here around me the, for the sure. listeners
0: <clears throat> so a lot of people like to talk about climate change i'm not one of them so I'm, I'm going to talk about black people so what we're going to like black people in these united states are not going to be made whole with anything short of reparations there needs to be there needs to be a like an acknowledgment that the state degraded an entire people, and that's not going to magically go away. And especially now when you add inflation and, uh, property values, pretty much if you grew up in public housing in the United States right now, your grandkids are going to be in public housing. Cause even my little house right now has oh, like doubled. Um, And what does that mean for for black people in the United States? That means that like, since we've been made poor by the United States, we will continue to be poor by the United States outside of a changing, a transformation, a reconstruction of the United States that actually centers, you know, American descendants of slaves. And um, so I want to know your opinion about reparations for American descendants of slaves
2: rami first and foremost uh, as as an american muslim living in the past uh, you know post 9 11 era and 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 facing uh you know
1: one of one of my one of my good friends good friends um uh, told me this and i'll just share it on, on the open radio here uh, he's a good friend of mine right and he goes um Janae, you you guys you guys are the new new blacks of america because you know there's there's, you're saving you're taking some heat away from us but but you know um, you still get a little
0: bit nervous when you fly like uh, (laughs) this is gonna be a little (laughs)
1: little bit so
2: (laughs) here, here here's what i wanted to share here right uh for for me uh, you know to fight for that uh, you know to, that social justice i've been i've been standing shoulder to shoulder with with my with my black friends my black friends um, from black brothers and sisters and i i tell you one thing you know i as as a as a son of an immigrant an immigrant myself i appreciate the fact that we are standing on the sacrifices made by the black people over a century over two centuries we are standing on their shoulders the struggle of their shoulders i i'm proud to admit that we are beneficiaries of that struggle in this nation and i am very proud to say that i have been standing and i will continue to stand for the social justice for each and every american especially the blacks who have suffered so much that i cannot comprehend i just can't i mean i can i can sympathize but i honestly i'm not a black man I, i i don't see what you go through i saw a fraction of that in the last 21 years post 9 11 but what you go through for centuries i I just can't comprehend that i will not claim to comprehend that but i will uh, you know appreciate that but now about about your question i think anything that we do here needs to put in a system find a solution wherein Mm -hmm. we are dealing and and putting to bet uh the systemic inequalities that we have built over centuries. any sort of reparations that are provided is that going to give a temporary solution is it just a political statement is it just uh um uh you know uh, fill up the blank that okay now we did it put a check mark and move on what i am saying is anything that we do need to get us across the systemic inequality inequities inequalities
0: that we have built in this nation yeah we're going to build institutions it's going to be it's not just going to be cash reparations although there will be a check it'll also be institutional endowments yes um yes. institutional endowments because institutions don't die like people do and institutions reproduce so like if it's just cash but we leave all the institutions in in place it'll just be like a, like bezos will get that money <laughs> yeah exactly exactly right. and that's, that's so Yep, you you need to it. Build I mean, that's
2: where we need, we need a system we, that is put in place that, that the problem that we created over a couple of centuries now, the next two decades, we completely bring our generations out of yeah. it. That's what I'd be supportive of.
0: Okay, good, 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 good. So yeah. So in terms of building actual institutions, not just writing a check, although yeah, just,
2: yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: We have to actually like fund institutions and like, make like sure you,
2: I'll say this, right. <laughs> Uh, Barack Obama became the president of the United States of America. That is huge. That is huge. But is did the did the did the situation of the blacks in America change? Mm-hmm. That's all I'm talking about. I'm talking about that's a great thing. I am very proud of it, the accomplishment that was made. But a lot more has to be done where you know children just because they're living in some some zip code, they're not getting the education the others are. All of those things. i mean, you mentioned it in
1: yeah. in a much better way
0: all right well so like i worked for obama for like a minute in 2007 and uh i'll tell you that guy is not one of the good guys insofar as he promised white people that all you have to do is elect me you don't even have to elect other democrats you just elect so many democrats lost their seats over during uh during obama's reign that uh like i i do not actually respect him that much as a politician he was very good at getting himself elected but he was very also good at confusing the nation so much that they elected Trump after him. So there's a way in which part of your job as a candidate is not only to enact policies, although it's a very important part of your job, but also to clarify the fight and not confuse the fight. And I think Barack Obama like confused the fight in a way that I do not want people to emulate. And um, so like even with your campaign, even if you don't win, You need to clarify the fight so that people coming after you or you in two years, like it's not the first time people will hear these arguments.
2: Yes, yes, 100%.
0: So you have to create the citizenry that will then elect you. Yes. Because the one that the Democratic Party, as it stands, creates is cool with uh Murphy. they're also cool with only a few people having health care and only a certain people having jobs and and you know some people having lead water and black people being historically like degraded for generations so like what are you going to do to create the electorate that will elect you and then support you
2: yeah and and this this goes back to my activist uh, background right my activist community i think what needs to happen here is we have to extend that base, extend, get that 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 get that message out to an everyday citizen. That look, you got to pay a little bit more attention. Um, in in our district, the population is seven hundred fifty-seven thousand. In the last non-presidential primary, only forty-four thousand people actually came out and voted. The people who actually need to participate, who are at a disadvantage are not coming out and participating in this democracy and i think that's one thing we're working hard to get the message out um to to first you know get you know some people registered to vote uh, we are working with people who are already registered to vote who only vote in the presidential cycles get the message out like look if you don't speak you're going to be represented by someone who is never going to stand up for you and and that's the, that's how we are expanding the the, the citizenship um, You know concept within within the people within the district. And, and, and we just, it's, it's a lot of hard work to do. And to your earlier point, not having access to mass media and because we're not talking about something very sexy that people are going to jump on it and listen, you're talking about hardcore fundamental values here. We just have to do it one percent person at a time at the grassroots level and that we're doing. Uh, we've been doing for the last year and a half uh, at a very, very aggressive level. We keep doing it. Uh, and and but come June 28th, which is the day of our primary, uh, we will hopefully have enough people who uh, will uh, show up.
0: June 28th is not that long. Yes, sir. June twenty eighth. that is the day of your primary. You need, like, all right, so get a message to uh, Krishnamurthy about, about these debates. And he, yeah. I think he's gonna deck them. I think he's gonna duck them or do one led by the local Democratic Party that's gonna be completely in his tank. So, like, get the message out, have him duck the debate because, like, that's the issue. That's it, because without these processes, you don't have a chance. You need to be on stage or at least sharing a Zoom screen with him fielding questions and letting the people decide. And there needs to be a few of them. There needs to not just be one. We need to force the debate. So I'm going to cut, um, I'm going to cut a section of this interview about forcing the debate. And I just want to start this with a question. Why should we force the debate?
2: We should force the debate because that's the only way people will be able to find out who the candidates are, what the candidates stand for, what the candidates messages. Not ...biased information that they get from multiple different sources. They can look into the eyes of the candidate and ask the questions, or if it's a Zoom screen, um, and, and basically get the questions answered in, you know, in no um, uh, deceptive terms, in, in being very honest and state direct questions and direct answers.
0: Thank you. Yeah, because if you don't know the reason why people support what they support, you don't really know what they support, because you don't know what they're going to compromise and what they're going to negotiate. So like to know what someone thinks, you need like the follow up question about like why they think it. And, and, you know, if we want to move beyond uh, more superficial politics to more robust democracy, we need candidates to have access to other candidates and candidates have access to the media. Yeah. um, All right. So putting shot, go ahead and tell my people what you want them to know. We
2: in the Illinois 8th district are standing to represent the people of the 8th district. We are not standing to represent the corporations that funnel in millions of dollars into the American political system. We want you to know that we are here. We have been fighting. I have been fighting as an activist in this district for decades now. And we are now changing that activism to representation we are here to actually bring about policies that do not suck bring about policies that are good for the people and we are going against an incumbent who has done absolutely nothing for the people of the district he has been standing up very strongly for his corporate donors bottom line is representation for the people needs to be in congress in Illinois' 8 district
0: I, I believe so but you have to understand that the democratic party doesn't care how many people vote as long as they get their guy in Yes. Yes. If 5,000 people vote out of the 750,000, if 5,000 of them vote, but 3,000 of them are Democrats, the party's like, ooh.
1: Yes. You're right.
2: <laughs> and know. unfortunately, that is something, an attitude I, you know, back in the day, I was thinking that's a Republican attitude. It's very disappointing to see uh, people from our own party, you know, doing exactly the same thing.
0: All right. So, what happens when the problem is Democrats? And like, we need to actually think about that. And as a Democrat, like, I think it's responsible for us to actually think about it, right? So. Yeah. And, and the, way, the way we are
2: addressing that problem is by challenging the incumbent and, and and bringing him down and bringing the people's voice to Congress. That's how we are dealing with it. If there are better options, we're well, be happy, to, happy to talk about it. But the, I think the most realistic achievable option was to primary him and get the people's voice to Congress.
0: Yes. And I want to get all of his excuses about why he won't share a zoom screen with you three times (laughs) like that's, I mean, that's, that's important because that like good, we need to figure out why good candidates and good policies get aborted. They get conceived though. Like the nation is rational enough to conceive them and then also distorted enough to abort them. And we need to actually figure out where that happens. So like the moment you're candidacy becomes effectively targeted by the party is like that's the moment I want to capture I want Murphy to give an excuse about why he won't sit down and share a a, share a zoom screen with you or why he'll only do it once instead of three times because you know it's a job interview so like there should be an assessment every two years that's yep. not too much to ask true all right well thank you for your time
1: thank you Rami I appreciate the time
0: And I will see you on the other side.
1: All right. Thanks. Take care. Goodbye.